God has given us so many wonderful things in the scriptures. In the book of Romans, the Bible says these things, these stories in the Bible were given to us for examples that through their ministry, we might have hope. You know why you have a story of David and Goliath? So you and I can have hope. <laughs> and we can see what God did in the lives of others and apply it to our lives personally so that we can have the hope that God wants us to have in these difficult days. We've been taking a few moments in the last uh, several times we've met together at First Baptist Church to go through Paul's story in Acts chapter 27 and 28 on the storm. And uh, we've gone through, we've learned some lessons that can be helpful. I hope that maybe you could even review and go back over some other times that we have uh, preached on this topic. And I hope you'll read it yourself and apply the principles that God pours out in your heart through it. But now we're in chapter 28. It's the last chapter of the book of Acts. And we learn that a little bit of lessons after the storm is lessened. I don't know where we are in our present day storm, but I do know this, that there are lessons that God is trying to teach us. I want to learn them. And I hope you want to learn them. And the book of Acts starts off with Jesus going up to heaven and then the Holy Spirit coming down, the disciples going out. They stay in Jerusalem for a while until persecution comes upon them. And then the Lord begins his global conquest. And he'll end with Paul renting and quarantine in a house in Rome for two full years. He couldn't go out. Other people could come see him, and God opened up an opportunity for him to rent that house for two years, and probably Luke and others stayed with him and cared for his need. He had a Roman soldier that took time to stay with him and uh, ministered to him and kept him secure. The Lord met his need, but he was quarantined for two years. I'm glad this is going to be probably for two months, three months, not two years. But during times of quarantine, there are things we can learn. There are things that we can apply to our own hearts, and I'm seeing this in this passage of Scripture. And this morning, the short time we have together, I want to continue a few thoughts from Acts chapter 28. We see that in Acts chapter 28, the shipwreck lands on the island of Mylita, modern-day Malta. And there on that island, these people, they stay, and um, 276 of them uh, are uh, on the island, and they, they, they have some, a, little, a little kindness showed to them. By the way, during this trial, show a little kindness. Trust the Lord. Brighten the corner where you are. And decide, you know what, I'm going to be used to the Lord to help someone. And don't just go around saying, my name is Jimmy, take all you give me. Go ahead and find someone else that you can encourage as well. Don't sit in a pity party wondering why no one cares about you if you can be someone who cares about someone else. We see, we see the principle of showing a little kindness. Number two, we see the principle of a little labor. Paul certainly could have sat around, but instead, whenever they made a fire, he started picking up some sticks. And we need to be laboring Christians, just like the Bible reminds us to, we should be always abounding in the work of the Lord in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 15, verse number 58. Everybody ought to be a little kinder than, we ought to, than maybe we normally are, and we ought to work a little harder than we normally work and show a little labor. And then I find this, expect a little trial. Expect some testings. Testings are going to come, and they're going to come to your life and my life. Now, we can do a couple things with testings. We can make them all about us, and we can waste every stinking one of them. Don't waste 
the testings and the sufferings and the difficulties that come to your life and mine. Let's not waste them. Don't make them about us. Make them about God's purpose and His plan. That's a good idea to do with, with difficulties. Because here's what testings and trials and troubles and problems do. They are a means of attraction. When you go through a difficult time, number one, you can attract the grace of God upon your life. Troubles and challenges humble me, and I can attract the grace of God. God giveth grace unto the humble. And listen, I'm nervous about America. We're not there yet. I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, there are some people in the world, I think they're getting there. And there are some folks who are troubled and going through difficult times, and you may be one of them. And if you are, I want to encourage you to pay a special attention tomorrow or tonight to the service in Psalm, excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 30. I think it will be a help to you. But we need to humble ourselves and attract the grace of God. And know this also, when you go through a trial, when I go through a trial, it's a means of attracting the attention of others. And I want to encourage you to let that trial, don't waste the trial. We spoke about that a little bit last week, several things to learn in the trial. God's always good. He's always right. Others are watching. Sometimes in a trial, you'll be misunderstood. Paul was misunderstood. He got bit by a snake. And the people thought, oh, he's a, he's a murderer that escaped the sea, but he's not going to escape justice. He's going to die right now in front of us. And then nothing happened to him. And they changed their mind quickly and said, no, maybe he's not a murderer. Maybe he's a god. Well, when you go through trials, don't expect everybody's going to understand your chronic illness. They're not going to understand your difficulties. They're not going to understand your financial. Some will think uh, there are some other things going on. Expect it. It's understood. But I would say don't waste your trial. Make your trial about what God is trying to do in you and for you. And then I would, I would say lastly, others can be helped through your trial long term got a call this last week from a pastor whose 17-year-old son died. And uh, he didn't call me, but a friend of his called me and said, Brother Wilkerson, I love my friend, but I can't help him. I don't think as much as you can help him. And, you know, it was our trial 11 years ago that allowed me to call him on the phone and comfort him and encourage him. And dear friend, if there's something we can do to be of help to you, I want you to call us on the number of your screen and let us help you. If you're not sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Would you please let someone take the Bible and show you how to have eternal life. God gave us his word for two reasons. Number one, to show us how to get to heaven from here. If you don't know your name is in the book of life, you've been born again, you're saved, let someone show you from the Bible how you can have eternal life. Call right now. I want to encourage you to do that. If there's something that we can help you with, you please feel free to do so. I'm going to continue my message, but I do want to say just during this time, that if you're not for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, please let someone take the gospel and show you how. Go to the number on your screen and call us. We're standing by ready to help you if we can. As we continue on our lesson here in Acts chapter 28, I want to say to you, there's a couple other things that come to my mind, and we can see that in the next verses. Would you look there with me? Acts chapter 28, we've already read it, but I want you to notice something that took place here. And pick it up in verse number 7. In the same quarters on that island were, would you look what the word says, possessions of a chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. Here's what happened here, friends. 
Whenever they all landed there, of course, they're sopping wet, they're beaten up, they're malnourished, they haven't eaten, they've been shipwrecked. It's been an, I'm sure they were a motley crew. But there was someone who had possessions. His name was Publius, and he was a chief man on the island. And the Bible says that he received us courteously for three days. That's interesting. I think it's important for us to understand during, a, as the storm lessens, there is going to need somebody to step up that has some things. You didn't earn it yourself. I didn't earn it myself. But God's been good to us, and he's given us more than we need. And it's a time where we can step up and be a blessing to somebody else during this time. God put on that island a man named Publius. And what is said about him, he was a chief man. That means he had some authority, but he had some possessions. And those possessions allowed him to help these 276 people for just a short time, three days. He housed them. I say to you real quickly, during a storm, and as the storm lessens, keep thinking, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke in chapter 16 that God wants us to use material possessions. He calls it mammon to use those things to make eternal friends so that when we die, we'll see them in heaven. They'll have everlasting habitations that they'll receive us with. Listen, friends, make sure you understand that what we have, what you have, what I have is not ours. One of the first principles on stewardship and uh, finance is understanding that you're a steward and you're not an owner. And God used a man who had possessions. God set him up. Publius didn't make himself rich. Anyone who has anything, is because God has given them power to get wealth. And I want to encourage you to understand that. As the storm lessens, here's a lesson we can learn. If you have something that God gave you, use it for his eternal good and for his eternal glory in the lives of people. I think it's a great, and by the way, it's just a small window. Three days here. He didn't house them for the entire three months. But for three days, he brought him in, used his substance, and helped them. Now, I'm just telling you, we just have a little window of opportunity to do something special for your neighbor, for your friend, for your loved ones, for those around you. And I just say, I'm so proud and so thankful, I should say thankful, for the church family of the First Baptist Church of Hammond. You have kept up to your reputation. You've stepped up and been a blessing. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep giving. Keep serving. Keep Keep looking of ways. And if you say, well, Pastor, I've been trying to, but I can't find out ways. You stay on your knees in prayer to the Lord. He'll give you an opportunity. Let us know if we can help you. If you can do something to help somebody else, I'm sure those opportunities are in their way. The next thing I want to share with you, there are those who ought to help who have been helped. Well, Paul stayed in that man's home and ate his food, enjoyed the blankets around his shoulder that belonged to Publius, and now Publius has a need. What's his need? Someone in his own family is hurting, his dad. His dad has dysentery. He's got a high fever, and it could take him into eternity. And Paul sees it. Paul's been the recipient of the blessing, and now he returns the blessing by helping Publius with his dad. You know, friends, if you're being helped, you and I ought to not just take the help. And as I said earlier, my name is Jimmy. Take all you give me. But we ought to find a way we can help other people. 
You may not be able to help someone the same way someone has helped you, but if God's helped you and God's helped me, and he certainly has, I should freely receive and freely give. A lot of find out what you can't do with your pocketbook, you might do with a broom. <laughs> you might do with a rake. You might do with mowing someone's lawn or helping them or encouraging them in some other tangible way. Let the Lord help you help other people. I think that's a principle there. Paul wasn't just sufficient to sit there with, his, with someone else's blanket around him, sleep in someone else's bed, enjoy their food, and just do nothing. He looked around and he found something that he could do, and he saw a man who was sick, and he prayed over him, and the Lord healed him instantly. Now, this is an apostolic gift. This is not something that Pastor Wilkerson can do. I can pray over people, but I don't have the gift of healing, and you don't either. Uh, God can heal who he wants to, and when people are sick, they should call for the elders, and they should pray over them, and they should anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith should save the sick. And if they've got something against God, God will bring that to her attention. They can confess and forsake it. If they've got something against somebody else, God will bring that to their attention. They'll pray for that person that's offended them, and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. But Paul, during this time, this is prior to our Bible being assembled, God gave special gifts to men in that time, and he used that gift and healed that man. As a result of that, people from all over that island. I read this week, two different people have different opinions of how big the island of Malta is, but they say it's about 21 miles long and 13 miles wide. It's not huge. But that is where Paul and the 275 other people would spend the months of December, January, and February in that year. The next 90 days, they would be there. And during that 90 days, people started hearing about God's power to heal Publius' dad, and they kept bringing other people to be healed. Not just so they can get physical healing, but so they could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, friend, if God's helped you, help somebody else. And help them by looking for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus with someone. Hey, listen, keep gospel tracks. Go ahead. I take the risk, hand them out. Some folks will be a little nervous. I do believe that we ought to do all we can do to get the gospel. Listen, if you're watching Grace to Grow Live on, on the 7 o'clock nightly time, every time we have one of those things, we try to share the gospel. So, uh, on the morning times at 9 o'clock, we try to share the gospel. Every time we meet for service, we try to share the gospel. Why don't you share the link to someone on your uh, contacts and ask them to watch they can hear the gospel, and the word of God will always work. Use this opportunity to get people the gospel of Christ. Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, doesn't tell us all that took place on that island, but I do tell you, even to this day, there's a place called St. Paul's Harbor and Bay. <laughs> Why? Because one man who came there almost 2,000 years ago, he didn't, it wasn't him that changed the island. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ that did. They stayed there, and the people that received the blessing returned the blessing. So Paul was helped. He blessed. He blessed other people, and the Bible says, look at the Scriptures there. You can see it in the verse number 7. We read that. Verse number, um, oh, goodness, I'm trying to have a hard time finding that real quickly. Let's see. Verse number 11, and after three months, he departed from the ship of Alexandria and wintered in the isle of the Castor, and, uh, excuse me, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. 
No, verse, verse 10. Who also honored us with many honors, and when we departed, they laden us with such things were necessary. You know the people that got healed and got helped in those 90 days that he was on their island? They reciprocated and helped him. You know, how do you think Paul could pay for a house to rent for two full years? I think it's because people that he helped helped him. He helped them spiritually. They helped him monetarily. And by the way, that's, I think that's how it happened. I think they, when he left, he had everything he needed to go to the next stage. Real quickly, in closing today, and thank you for tuning in and for letting me share these thoughts with you, I want to talk to you for a little bit traveling on after the storm. Let me just tell you what happened. You can read the scriptures. Brother Colson helped us with that. But the Apostle Paul now gets on another Alexandrian grain ship. And they go to the next port, which is Syracuse, and then to Regellum, and then to Portoli. And Portoli, they come to there. That is the last time they'll be on a ship. Now they're going to make an inland uh, trek about probably 70 miles or so from Portoli up on the Roman highway. All roads lead to Rome. That was the name of the time. At that, that was what they said. And he makes his way there. But when he gets to Portoli, something sweet happens. The Bible says that they found brethren. People that he had written the book of Romans to, they had been waiting for him to come. I don't know how, but news got to them that Paul was coming to town, and they left Rome, and they came down to Patoli to meet him. And they spent about seven days there, enjoying the fellowship at the hand of the centurion. And then they made their way up to Appy Forum and to the three taverns, a little stop on the side of the Roman highway there, and more brethren met him there. And the Bible says that when Paul saw the brethren, that he thanked God and he took courage. I would say to you, friend, try to find someone who is a spiritual encouragement in your life and be there for them. Let them be a re let you and I be a reason that they can thank God and take courage. I've tried the time and the time we've had a little bit more downtime. I've called some of the men who have been instrumental in my life growing up. And I've tried to call them and tell them I thank you for ministering to me. Thank you for being a friend in my life. You know why? I want to be a reason that they can thank God and take courage to keep on reaching somebody else. Hey, listen, as this storm wanes out, boy, we ought to, we ought to learn this from the lesson of, of Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 28, that be a reason that your Sunday school teacher, your youth pastor can thank God and take courage. Decide you're going to be a blessing to someone. Here's a good time to sit down and write a note of gratitude to someone who has loved you when you were younger, when you were new in the Lord, who discipled you, who led you to Christ. Dear friend, let's make sure that we encourage other people. One of the reasons God wanted us to be together as a church is so that we can exhort each other. And so much more as we see today approaching. Let's do that. While we're quarantined, while we're kind of at a stay-at-home order, Let's use the time to write, to call, to email, to text, and say, listen, I want to just say, you've helped me. Thank you. These people traveled 51 miles, 36 miles, to come from where they were in Rome to meet the Apostle Paul before he got there. And dear friend, I want to just tell you, let's be an encouragement to other people. In closing today, Acts chapter 28 ends 
in the last two verses. Would you look at it with me? Paul welcomes people. He meets the Jews and keeps giving out the gospel, and that's something every Christian ought to do. But verse number 30, and Paul dwelt two whole years. I think it's interesting that God's Holy Spirit inspired two whole years in his own hired house and received all them that came unto him. He was the missionary that got support to rent a house for two whole years, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. During that time, of course, he called the Jews in. After three days of getting his house, the Jewish leaders came in. He told them, some believed, some didn't believe, and he told them, Isaiah chapter 6, either accept it or not, but I'm going to take it to everybody in the whole world. I'm taking it to the Gentiles, and he did. For two whole years, he led prison guards to the Lord, people in Caesar's palace to the Lord, God began to use him there. Even though he couldn't leave his house, God used him. Would you pray that God would use you, that God would use me to preach the kingdom of God and teach people the gospel of Jesus Christ? Thank you for listening today. Before I close today, I'd like to once again call those who may be listening who are not sure. If you died, you'd go to heaven. The greatest day in the life and times of John Wilkerson came when I believed and received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I remember that night when God convicted my sin and I accepted His Son. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? You'll go into eternity either with your sin or with God's Son. There's no other options. If you accept your sin and you choose to pay for it yourself, you'll have to go to the lake of fire. Be separated from a God who did not want it that way and did everything to try to tell you to believe and receive His Son. I'm glad that one day I accepted God's Son. And I exchanged my sin for His sacrifice. You can do that too. God wants us to know, number one, we're sinners. We can't go to heaven that way. Number two, we deserve the lake of fire. The wages of sin is death. It's not baptism, it's not a catechism class, it's not being a good person, it's not being raised in a good home. The wages of sin is to die, to be separated from God forever. The Bible says that if we would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we would not perish, we would not have that second death. I'm a sinner, I deserve hell. Only Jesus could save me. And it's by faith that I can be justified. It's by faith that I can Believe and receive Jesus. Dear friend, if you have not yet by faith accepted Jesus, it's faith plus nothing minus nothing that gives a man or a woman eternal life. Don't leave this life without Jesus. I'd like to encourage you not to leave this program without Jesus. He loves you. He wants you to be saved. If you say, Pastor, I think I know what I need to know. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to be separated from God. I know that only Jesus saved me. Would you right now where you are say this to the Lord? Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself, but I believe that Jesus died for me. And on the cross, he did all that was needed to be done so I could be saved. Please come into my life. Forgive my sin and save me right now. If that was your heart's desire and your prayer to God, I congratulate you. 
I welcome you to the family of God. I want you not to stop with that. I want you to call right now the number on your screen. Let someone know that you accepted Jesus. Let us rejoice with you and even send you a discipleship lesson that can be helpful to you or hook you up with somebody that can help you grow in your spiritual walk. If you say, Pastor, I don't think I understand what you just said. I understand. I rushed through it. But on the website there, you can see it, fbchammond.com slash salvation. I take the time to explain it in thorough means. I think it can be helpful to you. Would you go to it and watch it? Then call us and let us know if you have questions. We love you. We want God's help on your life.